the latest in agricultural media and some smart conversation. This is the Ag Communicators Network Podcast. Welcome to the Ag Communicators Network Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Navarra. On this episode, you'll hear from Betsy Fries, the 2021 recipient of the AAEA Lifetime Achievement Award. She has been a leader in agricultural communications for 30 years and reflects on her career and talks about what's next in life. to the Ag Communicators Network podcast, Betsy, and many congratulations for earning the AAEA Lifetime Achievement Award at this year's Ag Media Summit. Thank you so much. So my first question for you is, how did it feel um, to be honored with, an award, with a Lifetime Achievement Award? Well, it's kind of a mix of emotions because you realize, wow, a lifetime, how did I ever get to this point? I am... Um, I've been a member, I think I joined um, AAEA right after I started at Successful Farming in 1984, and um, I wanted to get involved in our industry and heard good things about the Ag Editors Association, so I joined and got involved right away, went to, um, at that time we had an annual meeting in the fall, and went to that and got on some committees. And then by 1989, I was elected to be on the board. So I was active um, very early on. And I remember one committee, one of the big committees I was on at the beginning was just to help plan the annual meeting and the speakers. And that, uh, that was a lot of fun, but also a lot of work. Uh, but it's all very rewarding, and I'm extremely grateful. I know some of the other people who have won this award over the years, and I'm admirers of theirs. So it's a it's a nice club to be, you know, to be a part of. You're being shared in good company. Yep. Was it a surprise uh, for you to receive the award, or did you know that you'd be called up on stage? Uh, Larry had uh, called me about a month before to make sure I, to tell me I was going to receive it and to make sure that I could attend. So it was not a surprise after when I got there, but I really didn't know how the award was going to be presented. And then um, that was a lot of fun. And we sat, my husband, Bob, and I sat at the head table with the other, with the Distinguished Service Awards. And we had some great conversations with them during dinner. And uh, just to see everybody that wins awards from uh, AAEA and the Livestock Publications Council, I mean, it's, it's really a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. It was so nice that everybody was able to get back together in person this year. I think that made the Ag Media Summit very special. Um, everybody that I talked to really enjoyed seeing everyone again. We were almost giddy sometimes at, at the different meetings and gatherings because it had been two years since, um, well, actually, I guess a year and a half 
since I had seen a lot of people, but two years since I had seen a lot of the ag editors, um, fellow ag communicators. Mm-hmm. Well, and you mentioned when we first um, started talking today that AAEA has been a part of your career essentially from, from the start. Um, how would you say that membership has helped shape your career um, and given you some of the skills that you've acquired to succeed at the highest levels? Well, it's been very important in my career. Uh, it gives you an opportunity to meet others in the industry. So not only uh, other people that do jobs very similar to yours, but people who are ag communicators in different companies or different um, commodity associations, but also your competitors. I mean, I have a lot of very good friends in this industry who compete with successful farming. They're, they're editors for other magazines, and, and that's great. I mean, I, uh, I've learned so much from others especially when you're on a committee and when you're working towards um, either, you know, I've been on the membership committee, the program committee, the uh, award, different awards committees. And of course I was hit up at, at this current ag media summit to help on the sponsorship committee for this next year. And you you can't say no to that. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to be, I'm going to be working on that in the next year. But it'll keep you involved without it having to be full time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good to give back. And also the, the different programs that uh, Ag Editors has put on over my career. There's been speakers and, and takeaways that I've learned from the programs. There's been takeaways I've learned from the awards um, programs as well, the judges' comments, and then other comments by uh, people in our industry. I'm curious if you have a memory or a moment um, that stands out the most to you. I know going back to 1984 is a long time, but is there you know, a, a special uh, memory that really reminds you of your career and involvement with AAEA? Well, there's been a lot, but one of the kind of stories that's been around that a lot of people know about. I was very involved with the membership committee for many, many years. And Kelly Schwalbe, um, he was involved with me and we had, and Den Gardner, and we really set goals to increase membership every year. And ag was booming um, for a lot of those years too. So it was, it was an easier job perhaps than now, but we had set a goal that um, if we exceeded a certain number, and I can't even remember what year this was, frankly, but it was at an Ag Media Summit near um, Tampa. And we said, if we exceed this goal, then I would dress as Amy Winehouse. Amy, <laughs> Amy Winehouse was alive then, God rest her soul. I was a big fan of her music. And so I said, I'll dress as Amy Winehouse. She had the big beehive black hairdo. She had a lot of tattoos. And I thought oh, I could, you know, come up with a costume for that. So we did exceed the goal. I went to the theatrical store in Des Moines and I got um, some tattoo sleeves for my arms and some fake tattoos. And I bought kind of a black, well, I think I had a black uh, dress and then I bought a, a wig that was kind of a beehive wig 
and um, she always had a cigarette. So I had a cigarette, I had a glass of whiskey. And then I realized that the AAEA um, annual board meeting, well, not the board meeting, but the membership meeting where we all gather to go over the last year, we look at the budget and we, we talk about the different committees. That for some reason that year was at 7.30 in the morning. It was before <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> so I, we were all in, my hotel room was um, at this resort where we were having the meeting. It was a ways away and I had called to have somebody come by in like a golf cart to pick me up. That's how far away. Cause I had these really high heels on too. Mm-hmm. And when that guy pulled up and I walked out of my hotel room, just like Amy Winehouse, he actually thought he, he thought I was, he told me he thought I was Amy Winehouse for you know, a split second. He thought, Oh my gosh, you know? So anyway, I went to the board I went to the uh, membership meeting dressed like that. And there were some pretty funny pictures. And then I went to the trade show after that and had breakfast dressed like that. So that was the most bizarre of my memories. We'll have to see if we can um, find a photo to accompany the post of the podcast so that folks who didn't get to see it can relive the moment. Well, there are photos. So I, we had to make a video for my Lifetime Achievement Award. And that was, there were two photos uh, that were a part of that video that were of the Amy Winehouse membership drive. Excellent. I will ask for those. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned starting your career um, back in the 80s. What inspired you to realize this was the year to retire? You know, my retirement was more personal decision. My husband had made the decision before me that he was going to retire as a veterinarian at age 60. So that was in April of this year. That decision, he sold his half of the veterinary practice to two other younger vets. And he, um, he was a mixed practice veterinarian. So when you're working with cattle and that kind of thing, you know, there is some danger. He had seen some, some of his uh, older veterinary partners get injured in their sixties and that kind of thing. So he just made the decision. He was going to retire at 50. And I thought, well, I put him through vet school. So working at successful farming. And so he retired and I was still working away in my home office, you know, it was during COVID and I thought, why am I still here working on the computer, meeting deadlines, running a website when I put him through vet school and he's retired? You know, he was going skiing and, you know, bouncing around the house whistling. So (laughs) I told I had told my bosses, I said, you know, 37 years, I've worked at Successful Farming 37 years in June. And I said, I think I'm ready uh, for Bob and I to Bob always says, we're, we're both retiring and we're going to act like we're in our twenties only with money. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's definitely a key distinction there. (laughs) I mean, the main reason our oldest son lives in North Carolina with his wife and they have a daughter and they're expecting a second baby. And then my mom is 83. She lives on the home farm in Maryland. I live, we live in Iowa. So we just got back from two weeks of visiting Maryland and visiting mom, going to the beach. And we had never been gone, both of us, for more than one week at a time 
in 37 years because he always worked three out of four. So he only had one Saturday off a month from the vet clinic. And we always had deadlines. We had things we had to do. So it's been a real blessing to be able to uh, retire. I guess you could say retire early. Uh, he's 60, I'm 59. So um, it's, it seemed like the right time. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like you've already gotten some great travel in. Um, I was curious if you had other plans. Do you um, plan on getting involved with other organizations or working on any projects of interest to yourself? Well, I do. Um, we do have two more trips planned for this fall. Uh, we're going to Denver um, in another two weeks, and then we're going to um, back to North Carolina to see our son in October. And I also have some family projects as far as um, writing fam- some family history, memoirs, helping mom with some things. Um, and, you know, the question comes up, like, are you going to freelance? And a lot of people have been asking me that. And there's plenty of freelance work I could do for successful farming. Um, but basically, I've told people, you know, I'm taking at least the rest of this year off, probably a full year just to have, you know, it's like, I guess it's kind of like a sabbatical, even though I'm retired. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether whether or not I decide to come back and freelance, um, I'll make that call probably next year. You know, when you're, when you're an ag communicator and there's a lot of people in our business who are great freelancers, when you're, when you are a good ag communicator, you, you really never lose those skills. Um, and you have a desire to, to talk to farmers, to help farmers out, um, by communicating whatever the news and the new topics are. Um, my specialty was the swine industry. I did a lot of different things and covered a lot of different topics, but throughout my career, I covered the swine industry and I have a lot of um, basis of knowledge on that, almost 40 years of knowledge. So I may, I may do some things in the future on that, but, um, but we'll see. Well, taking some time to decompress and, and look back on a long career is certainly well-deserved. Yeah, I feel like it. I feel like Bob and I both deserve a little, a little (laughs) R&R. For sure. I just, I thought as we wrapped up today, um, it might be interesting for individuals, maybe entry-level or mid-career to hear some advice from you um, for continuing to build a career that you know, when you look back on a lifetime, one that you can be proud of and what you've kind of learned along the way that might be helpful to other ag communicators? Sure. Um, you know, I guess the number one thing that I've told when I, when I have uh, talked to apprentices and interns and students at Iowa State um, is always be flexible in your career because there are different technologies that will come along and you will not be trained in those, but you have to pick those up. And in my career, I was trained strictly as a magazine journalist and in agriculture, but I have um, been in charge of, you know, the content for a website 
a couple different websites, one in agriculture, one in um, rural lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I have done, I, I was the voice of a radio network for five years. I was um, the produced, you know, and was the um, key person involved with the television show for Living the Country Life that ran for six years. And of course, I've continued to do the magazine journalism, but um, you just have to take on the new technologies, the new forms of communication, the new audiences that you might have to communicate to, um, because everything is going to change over your career. And what is hot right now um, may not be. And so if you can just kind of seamlessly switch into new areas, um, new, you know, I, I stayed working for the same company, which is very unusual in today's day and age. So a lot of people, most people will have to switch companies and brands over their career as well. So never lock yourself in you know, you've got to be able to be flexible and just move around and, and take on new things, um, take on new challenges and make it work. That's a great piece of advice because you're right. We, we aren't going to control the change and it will keep evolving and, and changing over, over our careers. It will. And one thing I always tried to do is just make things fun. So if I was told I needed to take on a new responsibility then I would find ways to make that fun and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. What do they say? If it's fun, you'd never work a day in your life. <laughs> and there, there's plenty of days I've thought that, you know, wow, I'm getting paid to, to go out on these small farms and talk to farmers either, you know, for a TV show or a magazine story, um, it really, it really is uh, a blessing. I feel like it's a calling. Those of us in agricultural communications, um, we are helping, we are helping the world with the work that we do to help farmers, and that that is definitely a calling. And I'm very proud to have been a part of that. And you, you have done it well to be recognized with the Lifetime Achievement Award. So congratulations. Yeah, th- thank you. That's. Um, it's a wonderful award and a, and a great um, organization and the people involved with AAEA are just the best, uh, the best people in our industry and in journalism, in my opinion. Well, thank you for joining me to talk about um, what it was like to win the award and what in your career kind of led to this place um, and offering some advice to our listeners. Thank you for joining the call today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This has been an Ag Communicators Network podcast. Thanks for listening. And please visit us online at agcomnetwork.com for more great content.